0: For more information on Cynthia's diverse background, log on to CynthiaHyatt.com. That's C-I-N-T-H-I-A-H-I-E-T-T.com. Let the next 60 minutes inspire, motivate, and encourage you to become your own best version. Now, here's Cynthia.
1: Well, welcome to Conversations with Cynthia. I'm your host, Cynthia Hyatt, and so glad that you joined me today. I'm always thankful when you are willing to take your time and just sit down or or while you're driving and just listen to some really helpful, life-encouraging concepts and information. And today I have a very special guest. I know you've been waiting. We've been kind of promoting this. We have Dr. Uh, Dr. Randy Carlson with us today. He's the president of Family Life Communications, Incorporated. He also oversees all the ministries of intentional living, Parent Talk, Incorporated. I'm sure you're very familiar with Family Life Radio And he has a new book that he has come out with called The Power of One Thing. And he has co-authored and authored several books. Starved for Affection is one of my favorites. And you may remember a couple of years ago, we had him on the show and he talked with us about that book. So I use that frequently in my office with many of my clients. He is a licensed marriage and family therapist. He has a doctorate in counseling psychology and over 26 years of counseling experience. So... He really has so much wisdom and encouragement to share with us and comfort from God's Word. Um, he's, he's a very down-to-earth person, a very real person, and, and I really admire that in people that are doing the ministry that God has called them to do. So he's done national radio and television, and he's been on Good Morning America and Focus on the Family. My goodness, it's just really God has used him mightily. So, Randy, we are so thankful to have you here with us today.
2: Thank you, Cynthia. It's nice to be back. appreciate the opportunity.
1: Well, it's very fun. You know, we did that Hope Not Shame conference at Calvary Community Church, which was just very encouraging and went so well. And so I got to listen to you present on some of this book, so I was very encouraged about it. And, you know, we were talking before the show, and I asked you, what was maybe, what were some of the major things that you wanted to just make sure the listeners really took home with them. And, and one of them is that God is intentional. And I like it when we talk about characteristics of God. And you're right. He is extremely intentional and, and about being intentional and what intentional means. So can you just give the listeners some idea about that word? It's kind of thrown around yeah. a lot today. So what, what that word really is meaning?
2: Yeah, it is. It's a word that we hear every day. You know, people use it in terms of, you know, did he intentionally mean to do that, or are we being intentional, or that was unintentional, or that was a good intention. And so as I started to research uh, intentional living, which is our mission and our ministry, I realized that the word intention, if you look up the root of the word, it comes from the idea of stretching. We get words not only like intentional, T-E-N, intend, but we hear tendon, extend, words that show that it means to actually stretch for something. So oh, that's very to, interesting. Yeah, so being intentional to me is something that takes like a step beyond a goal because we need a goal. Let's say we have a goal that we want to have a better marriage. Or we want to lose weight or you know, we want to have a goal to start a business. they are good ideas. Right, uh, a,
1: right.
2: a goal is really when we say, hey, I'm going to intentionally work toward growing in my faith, setting out habits and plans and desires that turn into things that I do every day. So for me, intention is a very strong word To that means that I'm going to not only think about something or not even only pray about it, but as God gives me clarity in the direction for my life, I'm going to extend myself or intend toward it. Uh, So if you're having a marriage issue, a problem, not just to wring your hands or be worried about it, but to say, well, what does God intend for marriage? And what are some specific one things, as we talk about the power of one thing today, what are some one things that I could start to do or become that would help me stretch toward that goal to uh, bring glory to God? So me, intentional living is uh, almost like a step beyond setting goals, taking a goal and then really intending to act on it.
1: Well, that, I think that's very powerful, that idea of con- making an intention concrete, because we all know we have good intentions, and you know the road to hell is paved with good intentions. Right. Is that the saying? You know, and so we can, I think we get confused, or maybe not confused, but distracted by how much we think about what we want to do but yeah. are we actually going to, are we doing it and how do we how do we actually intentionally do those good intentions
2: well there's two kinds of people that that I demonstrated at conferences and if I had a if we're on television I could show you the graph but let me just visually picture it for you okay there there's those that have um, you know goal setting in their mind they have goals in the morning you know they they expect or they have a goal to uh, maybe not yell at their kids or they have a goal to, to solve a problem or they have a goal to start a business or whatever it may be. And people who are goal setters but don't follow through, in other words, they procrastinate. Um, people who procrastinate usually have ideas and goals, but they don't act on them. We call these the folks that have good intentions. And I think many of us are in that little box of good intentions. And we use as a little picture in that box, the cricket, because the cricket really is a picture of a person who chirps and makes a lot of noise and (laughs) announces what they want to do and what they're going to do. But once you get close to a cricket, what does he do? He stops.
1: Or he hops away. (laughs) Yeah, exactly.
2: And then there's another box that we have, which is the person who's very busy. They get up every morning with a lot of things to do and they're very active. I call them hands people. They love to be active getting things done, but sometimes when you stop and ask them, well, where is it taking you? They realize they're active, but they really don't have any long-term goals. Uh, They're just kind of busy doing whatever's right in front of them that day. These folks are more unintentional. Um, These are folks who they are busy, and they probably feel like they're accomplishing a lot, but in the long run, they stop and say, I'm not sure where it's taking me. We use the little character of a grasshopper for them, because like a grasshopper, they jump from this leaf to that leaf to that leaf, but it doesn't really take them anywhere.
1: They, all, they consume a lot of things.
2: They, they're right, exactly. So most people, when I do a conference, will either raise their hands and I tend to be too unintentional, or I tend to be good-intentioned. And sometimes it's in different areas of life. Sometimes it's finance in one box, and then maybe it's their health in the other box. But we really, what we really focus on, Cynthia, is the idea of being in the box, of being intentional. And we use the little character of the ant, because the ant is a picture of what the Scripture says in Proverbs 6.6. 6, Consider the ant, the Bible says. Consider their ways. And you see that they work hard, and they're industrious, and they're focused. And they're very intentional. And so one of the things I really try to hammer away at this thing on intentional living is we're not talking about perfection. We're not talking about just works or you've got to work harder, and you know, just so God's going to love you and all that. Uh, the idea is that we, as a follower of Christ, we bring him glory when we're obedient. And there's much joy, there's peace, there's success there's hope when we live a little more intentionally than uh, the rest of the world. So intentional living is really designed to give you freedom, give you hope, give you confidence, give you joy, and help you solve problems in your life. And that's why we teach this.
1: Well, I think that's really powerful. And, and we have about two minutes for this the, the rest of the segment. If you could talk, you know, I was thinking about this idea of the goal setter and the procrastination. And I have found in my own life, if I have a goal I, I'm committed to, like maybe emotionally, intellectually, but I'm procrastinating, sometimes it's because the goal's too big or I need to break it down or I can't yes. figure out how to actually put it into action.
2: Yeah, it's that, and sometimes it's fear of failure. Yes. Sometimes it's just that thought of, uh, you know, can I really do it? And procrastination is often a way of excusing ourselves from right. something we fear doing. And so you're absolutely right. We talk about goal setting and breaking down the big goal into very, you know, smaller pieces that are digestible. And now you're getting right into the topic of the book, The Power of One Thing, ah. because what we really focus on with the, the one thing is, look, you may have a thousand things that have to be done, to have a good marriage, let's say, or a thousand things to, you know, to write a book or to go back to school or to raise your kids. But the question is, what's one thing that you want to make sure at the end of today that you can look back on and say, this is one thing today. It may have taken only a few minutes to do it, but it was one thing today I did to advance toward the bigger goal that God's given me. And that's really intentional living.
1: Well, that, that I think is very helpful. And the idea of sometimes maybe procrastination can also be, you know, like when you were talking about fear of failure, and maybe we've heard people in our life tell us, oh, you can't do that, or that's impossible, you'll never get the money for that. You know, does that does that fall into this?
2: yeah I mean we can talk ourselves out of a lot of things. <laughs> uh, and the, en- I think and the all... enemy
1: the enemy really helps us
2: right exactly and uh we get whispered in our ear, uh, Satan loves to whisper into our ear, You can't or you shouldn't or it won't work or um and we talk ourselves out of things that God's trying to uh you know move us toward, so that's why we encourage people just take you know take those take those next right one thing steps. If you do that over an extended period of time, the fact is if you eat a little healthier every day, you're going to get healthier in the long run.
1: Absolutely.
2: That's true of your finances, your marriage, your faith and every area.
1: Well, this is very helpful, Dr. Carlson. Thank you. And we are coming up on a break here. And listeners, I really want to encourage you to join us in the next segment as we talk more about this book, The Power of One Thing, How to Intentionally change your life. And Dr. Carlson has so many resources that he has. And I want to encourage you to visit his website at Intentional Living and and visit the, the Family Life, the, um, the Intentional Living site that he has, the radio station that he has. He's down in Tucson. And I'm so encouraged by all the different resources that he has. He has the um, Star for Affection. He has Unlocking Secrets of Your Childhood Memories. He has Parent Talk, Father Memories, the Cain and Abel Syndrome, and then this amazing book, The Power of One Thing. So make sure you check out the website for me at CynthiaHyatt.com. You can listen to the show in its entirety if you aren't able to listen to the rest of this hour. Make sure you look at uh, Facebook, Cynthia Hyatt, Inc. That's Science for Incorporated. And join me in the next segment with Dr. Randy Carlson, 1360 KPXQ, Faith Talk. Well, thank you for joining me again. This is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. And we have Dr. Randy Carlson with us today. And he has been on before talking about his book, Start for Affection, which is a phenomenal book about relationships. And I use it quite frequently in my practice. He's a licensed marriage and family therapist. He has a doctorate in counseling psychology and over 26 years of counseling experience. And if you're just tuning in, he is talking about his new book, The Power of One Thing, and how to intentionally change your life. I've seen him present on this, and it was very encouraging, very inspiring. And so I really wanted him to be on the show today to talk to you, to talk to us about this idea of intentional living. So I want to make sure that you know how to get a hold of him, and it is theintentionallife.com. You can also go to myflr org, and get in many of the resources that he has to offer. So we were talking about this, this whole entire thing of the, just doing the next right thing, and I want um, him to talk a little bit to you about three of these um, chapters he has, and one is the power of changing your thinking, change your attitude, and change your emotions. So, Dr. Carlson, tell us a little bit about that triad.
2: Well, you know, uh, our thinking, as you know, Cynthia, drives most of everything that uh, we do from day to day. Yes. And uh, I like what uh, Brian Tracy, who's a business consultant, one of his main lines is he talks about, you become what you think about most of the time. And I think that's true. That's why the Bible, when you look at Scripture, talks about taking captive every thought out of obedience to Christ. And one of the verses that I teach um, at conferences is uh, from uh, Ephesians 4.23, where it says that we're to be renewed in the spirit of our minds. So our minds are not only a machine that processes data, but it's the spirit of our minds. There's something spiritual about our thinking. And so as, as Christians, to understand that uh, Satan's attempt Will always or most generally come through our thinking. In fact, if you go back to the very beginning of Genesis in chapter 3, uh, when Satan came to Eve, right there at the beginning of chapter 3, he was challenging her thinking. He was challenging her beliefs. He was challenging what she thought she knew about God, and he challenged her by deceiving her. That's a very so,
1: insightful. Very yeah, and if, you,
2: you, if you read it, you can see it's very clear in the beginning of uh, Genesis 3. And so we teach that it's important to understand that, and this is a difficult thing to do because our minds, from the moment we awake until we go to sleep, are constantly running. We can't shut it off. And so um, we have to learn to take captive our thoughts. And so I challenge people, and the power of one thing is to be more intentional in our thinking. Um, question the thoughts that come to our mind are they built on truth is it is it biblically true is it truth or is it a reaction to something in my life emotionally and uh to think twice and act once and i think sometimes if we stopped had a second thought um, before we acted we'd be much better off in our life so Thinking is something that can become a discipline in our life. We can learn to be more intentional in our thinking. And I think what's interesting to me, Cynthia, is that some people listening are shaking their head saying, yes, that's it, preacher brother. <laughs> but they tend to be head people. There's some people who are just, they just think it's a part of, that's the way they interact with life. They're, they kind of come from their mind in, in the way they think. Where we have other people listening that are more heart people, which yes, really is addressed yes. in the chapter on emotions. And they operate more out of their emotions, how they how they feel about life, how they are responding to life, how they're sensing life. And they would use words that talk about, you know, the heart as opposed to the head. And for people who are heart people, uh, you need to be careful of the fact that your emotions, which are coming from your thoughts, can be driving you into an area of attitude that you don't want in your life. So when we look at the idea of our head, our heart, and our attitudes, if we can submit these to be intentional, beginning with our thinking, being intentional in the thoughts that we have. Let me give an example. Maybe you're wrestling with thoughts toward your spouse, and maybe some of the thoughts that you have are built on uh, past experiences. So when you see them, the first thought that comes to mind is, here we go again. And so instead of telling yourself the truth, about the situation that you're facing or dealing with the truth in the situation you're facing. You can deal with a lie or a deception. And when you do, you know, you're going to be hurt. Your marriage is going to be hurt, and God is not glorified. And so the whole idea in the book, The Power of One Thing, when it comes to thinking, is to realize it's a very powerful part of our life. It's an important part of our life. But we need to to be very intentional in managing how we think.
1: Well, I think that's very powerful. As you were talking about this, and you know the ver- the chapter after the emotions, attitude, and thinking is changing your words. And you know, there's that famous book. I don't know if you're familiar with it. Words can change your how words can change your brain by a neuro uh, a neurological scientist. You know. And and, um, and a therapist, and they came together and they really studied the, ne- the neurological processes of the brain and the power of a word and what our words do to shape our, even the organic structure of our brain. Oh, absolutely. And so, it, you know, the Bible is telling us how God made us, and so here you are spelling it out in your book that you know, you need to be getting a handle and challenging your thinking. You know, many times I say to clients, you might want to challenge that thought. You don't want to believe everything you think. You know, you might want to challenge that emotion and not believe everything you feel. And, and part of, you know, using God's word is using those words to, to get our attitudes and our thoughts and our emotions in line with truth. That's that is an, reason, That's an endeavor. <laughs> that's one of the
2: reasons people come and see you for counseling is because uh, they need, we all need to have someone who can come alongside sometimes, challenge what we're thinking, causing us to think in new ways and be renewed in our thinking, which I think is the beginning of experiencing hope and freedom in our life.
1: I, I think you're very accurate in that way, and I, I I like this book so much because it's so practical, and it it really kind of pulls things all together into one big picture, but yet it breaks it down into several different steps and several different pieces. And so I think it really is helping people with this idea of, how do I walk out what I think God is calling me to do? And at the same time, how do I just get a handle on how I experience the world, especially if my experience is negative, you know, in my, my relationship? So we have one one minute. Do you have any any lasting thoughts on this particular th-
2: P- well, portion of the book life is very short um yes. we get about twenty-seven thousand days on the planet give or take depending on god's call and uh, we need to learn to live every one of those days uh to the fullest and the way to do that is i begin beginning with our thinking getting our thinking straight and giving it to god every day i think is the healthy beginning of every day
1: i think that's excellent so, listeners, make sure we have a, an, another half hour with Dr. Randy Carlson as he talks more about this this really life changing book, "The Power of One Thing." And I want to make sure you know how to get how, how to find him, how to get his resources, and you can go to theintentionallife.com. dot com myflr.org. Make sure you visit the website at CynthiaHyatt.com. You can listen to this show in its entirety if you aren't able to listen to the next half or just joining us. So join us again with Conversations with Cynthia, 1360 KPXQ, Faith Talk. Well, welcome back to conversations with cynthia i 'm Cynthia Hyatt, and you are joining me today with Dr. Randy Carlson, who is um, a marriage and family and re- he does relationship issues and he is a best selling author and counselor and radio personality and he does he is president of family life Communications incorporated you 've probably listened to Family Life Radio. It down here in Tucson, and it just has is a great resource for us as Christians, and even for non-Christians. He does great coaching and just consulting, all kinds of different things that is very helpful to the body of Christ, and so I'm so thankful that he's joining us today, and if you're just tuning in, you can listen to the show in its entirety on uh, my website at CynthiaHyatt.com, that's C-I-N-T-H-I-A-H-I-E-T-T. And, Dr. Carlson, you and I were talking off air about this new book you have, The Power of One Thing, How to Intentionally Change Your Life. And I was telling you this Chapter 9, The Power of One Thing, to change how you use your time. And I just think that would be so helpful for people if you could just expound on that idea.
2: Yeah, this is probably one of the chapters I wrestle with the most, Cynthia, because it's easy to, to go into a comfort zone mode Um, and just do what you've always done with your time. The habit of time can get us into trouble. And when I ask people today about their time and use of time, what I hear is, I wish I wasn't spending so much time on my uh, Facebook or social media um, or television, um, and I wish I wasn't wasting so much time. Because the reality is, at the end of the day, we know the stats. I mean, people are spending four or five hours a day generally uh, on media um, if you took even just a half hour every day, you think about it, just a half hour every day that I'm going to spend a half hour reading my Bible, praying, spending time in the Word, being closer to God. I can't imagine that after time you're, you're not going to find your spirit growing, your relationship with God growing. If you just spent 10 minutes every day connecting with each of your children intentionally um, and making that your next one thing and using that time, uh, you, you know the fact is things are going to change in your life. Franklin Field made the statement that the great dividing line between success and failure can be expressed in five words, I did not have time.
1: <laughs>
2: and I think that's a lot of us. It's very we, telling. You know, if you want to get really practical, here's what I'd encourage people to do, would be just to uh, you know take a sheet of paper uh, and block it off in 15-minute increments and just throughout the day write down what you actually did. Or do it on your mobile device. Do it on your phone. But at the, end of the, at the end of a week, look back at your time and really look at how you used your time and then ask the question, how could I use my time better? Because time is that one uh, standard constant that we all get the same amount of. And you look at some people and they seem to use their time wisely. They seem to accomplish so much. And then others say, I wish I had more time. Well, we don't. You can't wish it. You got what you got. But if we turned off the TV 30 minutes earlier, if we shortened the time we spent on Facebook or Twitter by 30 minutes, or we refused to spend more time today, you know, maybe gossiping with other people and doing something productive, uh, or getting up just 30 minutes earlier. I remember talking to Chuck Swindoll uh, many years ago, and, and I asked him, I said, Chuck, you're right. At the time, he was pumping out books. Know every year he'd have one or two coming out. I said, "How do you do it?" And he said, "It's simple. I get up 30 minutes before everybody else." He said, "He'd get up 30 minutes early and he'd write, you know, for 30 minutes." Well, if you do 30 minutes every day and you do that for six months, do the math. You know, you've got you've got a whole book that can be written in those 30 minutes every day. And so it really does come down to understanding that time is a constant. It's a precious gift and that we need to be intentional by making sure that the next right thing that we do is to use the time wisely.
1: Well, I think that's very powerful. I, you know, we have about a minute left, and I was thinking about time and, you know, other ways we spend it. And when we talked in the last segment about emotions, I mean, how much time we spend worrying mm. or fretting and how much energy that takes up from us. Mm. You know,
2: I Yeah, I talk about people having a worry chair or a worry yes, room where they yes. go and say, okay, I'm going to give it 30 minutes to worry, and then I'm done.
1: Um, I, I, You know, I came up with this term. You know, I was reading about worry and strife and in the Bible, and we use the word fret, you know, don't fret. And I thought, I am a fredderer. I have And I've been really repenting of fretting and practice, you know, just fretting, just going, oh, my gosh, what if that happens or what if that, and thinking too much about things that haven't even come to pass in any way, shape, or form. And so I think that's powerful in terms of a lifestyle of mental discipline. So thank you for joining us. We have one more segment with you. And Dr. Carlson, we're so thankful that you're here sharing us this powerful information about the power of one thing and how to intentionally change your life. So listeners, I want to encourage you to join me in this last segment with Dr. Randy Carlson as he talks about this book and how we really can make the changes in our life that we have been really wanting and desiring to make. So join me in the next segment. Make sure you uh, check out the website at CynthiaHyatt.com to listen to the rest of the show or the entire show. And join us again. This is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia, 1360 KPXQ, Faith Talk. Welcome back to Conversations with Cynthia. I'm Cynthia Hyatt, and you are joining me today with Dr. Randy Carlson. If you're just tuning in, this is the last segment of this show, so I want to make sure that you get to listen to the show in its entirety. You can always go to the website at CynthiaHyatt.com, and the newest show is always posted on the site. You can also find me on SoundCloud, uh, Stitcher, TuneIn, all these different various podcast servers. So I always appreciate the comments that you send us and any ideas you have for shows that would be helpful for you in pursuing the life that God has called you to have. So if you're not familiar with Dr. Carlson, which I would be surprised if that were the case... He is the president of Family Life Communications Incorporated. He also oversees many ministries of intentional living, Parent Talk Incorporated, and he also has Family Life Radio. So I'm sure you're familiar with Family Life Radio down in Tucson, Arizona, and listening to him on that show. He's written several books. One of my favorite that he has is Starved for Affection. And he's today with us talking about his newest book, The Power of One Thing, and how to intentionally change your life. So before we start talking with him, I want to encourage you to visit theintentionallife.com. You can find out more about this book and, and ways to really walk out that intentional life, and also myflr.org. So, Dr. Carlson, thank you. We have you one more segment, and we're so glad that you've been joining us today. And and you and I were talking off 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 air a little bit about one of these these last chapters, the power of one thing to unclutter your life, and the idea of a dream worth pursuing, and how those yeah. kind of go together. So, talk to us about that.
2: Well, they do, because uh, and we'll we'll talk about dreams in a moment. Because ultimately, a dream is something that I think God places in our heart. We all need to have dreams, dream, and as we get older, we still need to have dreams. Uh, they may change over time, but, you know, dreams for the future, dreams that we'd like to see occur. And even the Scripture says if we delight ourselves in the Lord, He gives us the desires or the dreams of our life, if they're truly in accordance with His will. But I think the what keeps us from getting there, Cynthia, is, is clutter in our life. And when I teach the freedom process, it's a little F-R-E-E agrostic that I've worked up that uh, we talk about F, focusing on goals, are repeating actions until they become habits that's the you know the goal setting and the daily habit but the first letter E really focuses on uh, you know really eliminating clutter in our life and I, I like what uh, Albert Einstein said he says there's three rules of work uh, out of clutter find simplicity from discord find harmony in the middle of difficulty lies opportunity and the first part of that is out of clutter find simplicity and I'm at a stage Cynthia, in my life, where my wife and I are really working toward decluttering our lives, we've got a garage full of stuff. By the time you get to be our age, you can also have a bunch of clutter with unhealthy friendships. Fortunately, we don't. But sometimes people have unhealthy friendships they need to deal with. They have unhealthy habits. They have unhealthy lifestyles. They've got uh, mental clutter, spiritual clutter. Um, all sorts of clutter. It's like Velcro starts to stick to you after a while.
1: You know, it reminds me of, I mean, I'm sure I'm dating myself, you know, that Peanuts cartoon. And if you, you know, growing up, I saw all those those uh, cartoons, those live cartoons on television, and it was that pig pen, you know, that little boy yeah. that just all this stuff, all this was just following him everywhere he went.
2: Yeah, and I think that's what happens to us because clutter, we think whenever I bring up the topic of clutter, in a conference, people always gravitate to the visible stuff.
1: Right, exactly. You know,
2: the messy closet, the messy house, the garage, because we can see it and touch it, smell it sometimes. But <laughs> I think the most dangerous part of our clutter in our life is the un- unseen, the invisible clutter. Uh, the things in our spirit and the uh, things in our friendships. And our thoughts, our, minds, our thoughts. Our thoughts, exactly. And so... Decluttering our life is, again, the power of one thing. And my wife and I were talking just this week that we've made a commitment here this next month. We're going to declutter a real visible thing. It's our garage. And I find when when you start to declutter, I mean, even you get a filing system that starts to work, um, you feel better. There's a freedom that occurs when you start dumping this stuff. And so you can really focus on your priorities in life. And if you don't, I think what happens is uh, you know, we get bogged down and we end up spending our life managing stuff that needs to be eliminated. Um, as I meant, Like friendships, for instance. Here's a real tangible topic. Um, I tell people that some friendships need an expiration date. Not all friends, not all people have a right to be in your life. Now, you might have a ministry to a person, but I'd ask the question, do you have clutter with a friendship that's dragging you down, bogging you down, and you need to change that from a friendship to a ministry opportunity and not allow every person into your life? That can bog that can really bog you down and drag you down, and something like that can be an area of clutter. Or like you said, it could be the clutter is uh, in terms of our emotions or even the words that we choose to use. And there's so many things that if we decide to start dropping this unforgiveness, how, oh, ma- yes. how many of us yes. have lives that are just cluttered with bitterness and anger and resentment that, that, that really bogs us down.
1: Or not even forgiving ourselves, and how that just clutters our life so much. We just keep doing the shoulda, coulda, woulda and the lamenting of past mistakes or opportunities.
2: Exactly. And so clutter is a broad topic um is a topic that i think is every every one of us need to uh look at here's what happens though we start to think about clutter in our life and as you said a moment ago we get overwhelmed and once we get overwhelmed then we don't we stop and we don't work on it so the power of one thing again comes back to if you want to declutter your house start with one drawer and pull it out and get that organized and then close the drawer, and then go to the closet. Another technique in decluttering is to set a timer for 10 minutes or 15 or 30 minutes. During that time, you're gonna be working on some physical clutter. When that timer goes off, you're done. I would even suggest that you might wanna use that technique in the on-scene clutter. Maybe you need to set a timer and say, during this time, I'm going to you know, pick up that phone, and I'm gonna call someone and ask for forgiveness. Try to restore a relationship. Um, you know, do do something that's proactive toward making your life less cluttered with things that will damage you and hold you back.
1: You know, that whole thing about decluttering our house, Americans, we just have so much stuff. And I think one of the things that helps, at least has helped myself and my husband as we have worked on decluttering our house, is I instead of focusing on what I'm letting go of... And, you know, that maybe there was some emotional, whatever, some nostalgia with it, or, oh, gosh, it's such a cool thing, I should find a way to use it, is for me to really focus on, there is someone that needs this. Yeah. And to really focus on giving things away to help somebody else has really helped let go of things much easier.
2: I think as a parent, uh, let's help our kids do the same. Yes. Uh, The average American child has 200 38 toys oh what my I goodness read.
1: What, you're right
2: but they use 12 you know and so maybe helping our children learn to be generous by taking some of their nice toys the ones that are in good shape and maybe learning to share with other children that don't have them i think we can train our children early on not to be hoarding and collecting and saving things that frankly are just going to slow us down and, and uh, not allow us to enjoy the life God's given
1: You know, you may find this interesting. I was listening to a TED Talk, and I didn't get to listen in its entirety. But they were talking about changes that Walmart is making and Kmart. And what they are doing is reducing the amount of choices for people in their stores. And their um, sales are increasing exponentially because they were talking about the struggle that our brain has in choices. And so what you're saying with kids is they have all these choices, and they limit them themselves. To well the
2: research is very clear if, if someone walks in and wants to pick you know jelly or jam you give them two choices yes. three they're gonna buy more than if you give them 14 where exactly exactly
1: and that is that clutter issue i have too many things and I just walk away from them all exactly so how yep. does this how does this move toward dreams because i really like the way that you are transitioning that into dreams and pursuing dreams
2: well if your mind is full of you know, what I have to do next and something I have to clean or take care of or manage or a problem or, I Or keep.
1: ignore, ignore. <laughs> exactly.
2: <laughs> let, me, let me talk to a boss for a moment. You might, you might have a business where you have an employee and you're spending increasing amount of time having to manage a uh, difficult employee, keeping you from being creative and growing your business. And instead of dealing with that problem and addressing it and whatever it takes in a healthy way, you find you're getting bogged down with that one problem. This is true for parents. We, we talk about uh, maybe you have one child, know, um, maybe you have three children. One of them is just really struggling. You find that your attention is really given to that one child. Now, you can't declutter your child. you got to <laughs> love your child and all that. But think about, about the things in your own life. Maybe you're hanging on to unforgiveness. You're hanging on to issues. And what you're finding is it's keeping you from dreaming. Keeping you from pursuing something in the future. It's keeping you from growing. And uh, so to declutter your life, I, I look at it as a picture of actually seeing kind of barnacles dropping off, the weight dropping off, solving problems that allow you to really focus on the future and what God has for you down the road. And so I don't think that a dream is going to be anything more than a dream in your life. It'll never turn into a reality until you do this little freedom process. Focus, again, on the right goals, what God has given you that are biblical and bring Him glory. Repeat actions until they become daily habits in your life, which is a whole other lesson. And then eliminate clutter. And as you eliminate clutter, then you can start to pursue that dream, that goal that God's given you, and the habits, the healthy habits that it's going to take to get you there.
1: I think that's very helpful. Uh, you know, it, I think that clutter can be a great distraction from fear of failure. When you, you know, as I was thinking about you talking about pursuing dreams and we have these dreams that we think, oh, I really can't do it. It's not possible. And so clutter and distractions in our life and problematic relationships really can, can serve as a great distraction.
2: Well, it also it keeps us in in control. You yes. Know, if we can if we can say, hey, I've got all these other things I need to worry about. It keeps me from having to risk to do something new that might fail. And I know that's uh, really looking at the depth of our psychology and our you know why we do what we do. But I think that uh, decluttering our life is just a healthy thing. Here in America, we've got too many things that are cluttering our time. And now with the information. That we have available we're spending so much time let's face it we spend so much time googling now or on facebook and all these other things that we've talked about this hour that if we start setting aside the things that are less important to focus on the things that are more important in the process we will be more successful
1: well i so appreciate you taking your time with us today and and just talking to us about this book and the power of one thing and i, I know it's been very encouraging for all the listeners, all, and for myself as well. And so any parting thoughts? We have about 10, 15 seconds that you would like to let us know.
2: Well, just remember, living intentionally is to bring God glory, but it also will benefit you. That's our heart message from Intentional Living and Family Life Radio.
1: Oh, I love it. Well, thank you so much again, Dr. Carlson, and, and bless you. and And listeners, I want to encourage you to make sure you Go to the website at CynthiaHyatt.com, that's C-I-N-T-H-I-A-H-I-E-T-T.com, and you can listen to the show in its entirety. It's been very helpful. I want to encourage you to purchase the book. It's very easy to read, It's but it's just very deep concepts, and so I really appreciate the book. You can find it at the uh, theintentionallife.com, and make sure you visit myflr.org for more information about Dr. Carlson. Have a blessed week. Visit the website again um, at Facebook, also Cynthia Hyatt, Inc., that's I for Incorporated, Twitter, and Instagram. You'll find me there. Join me again next week, Cynthia Hyatt at 1360 KPXQ, Faith Talk.